News. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we're going to kick off Advent with Father Zach Schaefbauer. He's going to come in and talk to us about how did Advent start? Um, it's actually a very interesting story, believe it or not, <laughs> way back in church history, um, and what to do during Advent. And he actually, at the end, talks a bit about how to be holy. And he makes it seem so much easier than I've ever kind of pictured it to be. So I felt really a lot better after hearing him say that. So please stick around to the end so you can hear that. If you miss it, jump on YouTube and, and watch it there. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald, who I almost called Father Chris Bergwald. That happens sometimes. Yes, or Pope bishop or Bishop time, time. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We have Chris uh, well. Bergwald with... Biblical Bites with Dr. B. So we're not in Advent yet. You slowed the roll there. Right, right, you know, right, right. That's true. Because this week it'll be like, uh, well, it's the 11, it's the week after Thanksgiving, which is not yet the first weekend, is it? No. So we're close. I'm sorry. Happy Advent <laughs> next week. <laughs> but listen, I, I actually like that because I, um, it's good to think about Advent. Learn yes. about, be, go, so so we wanted now to start before you can Advent go into started. Advent knowing a little bit before. I also have to say, so he's going to talk about uh, the, the, the beginning of Advent. It's actually really interesting, believe it or not. Of course it's interesting. <laughs> Why the implication well, I mean, that it it's wouldn't not, be? It's not just like, oh yeah, we started Advent. But, there, there's like, there's actually a story behind yeah, it. There's and always some a stuff. story behind That's there's true. Always, it's the church. It's the church. Oh, Renee. <laughs> so yeah, we're not yet in Advent because today it's, is the... It's the 34th Sunday, but is the Christ the King. Yep. The, our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ King, King of the Universe. Universe. Final Sunday of the, uh, of the um, liturgical Church. year. Yeah. Um, so Advent begins technically, technically, Renee, when does Advent begin? Saturday evening. Saturday, yep. Evening, four o'clock mass. Yep. That's the start. Of, that's the kickoff of the new liturgical year yes. with which we begin with Advent. Yes. So, so. Um, Bill Seeley would be so proud of me for getting that right right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at least not so much. Right. Uh, so, so this whole week is the final week. Sometimes we think Sunday is the beginning of the week, not the end of the week. Right, right. Um, so the the readings are all about Jesus's kingship. Mm-hmm. He is not our Lord Jesus Christ, king of my heart. Or king of or, the earth. Or king of my life, right. even. But I think a lot of people, I have a relationship with Jesus, you know, which we are all called to do, mm-hmm. which he desires. But he's much more than just my Lord, the Lord of my heart, the Lord of my life, much more than just king of the, he's the king of the cosmos, the mm-hmm. king of the universe or the multiverse, even if you're yes, into that sort everything of thing. that is, everything that is <laughs> Christ is the king of. And, and so the readings speak to that, but I want to do just in a little bit of time that we have before we get to for the shape power, I actually want to, because I think readings will be familiar to many of us. Um, I want to focus on the preface. Okay. Because there's, so the preface is the prayer that the priest says right before we kneel, yeah. basically, yeah. right before the Sanctus, the Holy, Holy, Holy oh, yeah, at right, Mass. Right. Um, it's the it's the sort of the introductory portion of the Eucharistic prayer before we kneel down for the Eucharistic prayer proper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some Sundays have a... Um, uh, a preface which is proper to that particular Sunday. So just want to take a little bit here so that maybe by hearing it today, you'll be more attuned to right. nec- uh, when you hear it, well, when you hear it at mass. Yes. So it is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give to you, thank, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. Mm-hmm. That's how they usually begin. Mm-hmm. For you anointed your only begotten son, our Lord, Jesus Christ, with the oil of gladness as eternal priest and king, of all creation. 
So Jesus is God. He's the son of God. But in his humanity, he is the successor of David. He's the Messiah, the the spiritual descendant of David, Mm -hmm. who, like David, is going to be a priest king, but not just of the nation of Israel, of all creation. So that by offering himself on the altar of the cross as a spotless sacrifice to bring us peace, he might accomplish the mysteries of human redemption and making all created things subject to his rule, he might present to the immensity of your majesty an eternal and universal kingdom, a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love, and peace. So this is what the Lord is working towards. This is what's being accomplished throughout history. And this is what we are called to participate in. We are called to do our part to help Jesus bring about this kingdom on earth before the end of time. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, we have Father Zach Schaefbauer. Welcome, Father Schaefbauer. Thanks, Renee. It's good to be here. Yeah, you haven't been here since your ordination. How many years ago? Three? Four? Year and a half. Year- yeah, it was right before my priest ordination. <laughs> <laughs> a year and a half. It does not, it seems like longer. It's been a heck of a first year. (laughs) (laughs) It has been. So Father Schaefbauer is the parochial vicar at Holy Spirit in Sioux Falls, which is my parish, and get to hear him give homilies about every other week-ish, most of the time. Sometimes they get messed up and he'll get to jump in an extra time, which is always fun. (laughs) That's right. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Well, it's good to know you've got your... You and your husband have your pew. We do, yes. We, <laughs> we pretty much sit in the same spot all the time. You know, when, we, when, we, when priests, when we talk about who's present or if, at Mass or if we're trying to figure out which parishioners, we're, um, like if we're trying to describe a parishioner, we'll say, oh, they sit uh, to the right of the ambo underneath the Sacred Heart of Jesus statue. Or like, right. we'll do it in reference to where they sit at Mass. <laughs> so we know where the Kranzas sit. <laughs> I was kind of afraid of what was coming for, out of that. So I'm glad that's all it was. <laughs> We do sit in that little teeny pew because there's only two of us. And it's like, well, we fit here. And occasionally someone else sits there and that's totally fine. We just move over and sit uh, kind of in front of the, to the corner. I don't know how you explain that. To the right when you come in the the door. Yeah. That section. Yep. The pizza slice under Mary. (laughs) Holy Spirit is weird to have to figure that (laughs) out, isn't it? That's right. (laughs) All right. So we are really going down rabbit holes. I'm a little afraid of how this is going to turn out today. But so- well, I wanted to have Father Schaefer come in to talk about Advent since we are uh, about to, this is going to run right after Thanksgiving. So we're about to begin Advent about a week away. First Sunday of Advent is yeah, what? The, uh, right, right. Second? No. Because Christ yeah. the King is the 26th. Yes, yes, So yes. it's the week after that. Yep. Okay. So we wanted to talk about Advent and it seems like, hey, this should be easy. Now everybody knows Advent, right? Hmm. We found out that we don't know as much as we think we know. So <laughs> so that's why Father Schaefer was here. So will you tell us first, what is Advent? What's the point of it? I know that's that's not a big question at all. So give us the short answer. Uh, as it stands today, mm-hmm. Advent is, uh, you could say, the beginning of the liturgical calendar. So, oh, yeah. Um, for us Catholics, obviously we follow the calendar uh, of of our country, of the world, the secular calendar, uh, and the new year begins on January 1st. Right. And I think that's in accordance with, I believe, ancient Rome yeah. back in the day. Um, but we also have our church calendar, the the calendar that governs the various feasts, the uh, masses that we have to say throughout mm-hmm. the year, 
Um, so they govern when Eastern is Easter is uh, Holy Trinity Sunday, the various feasts of saints. Right. And we follow that year in and year out, just like we do the regular calendar. And so Advent is uh, the very beginning of the liturgical year. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Advent is, as it stands today, the season of preparation for Christmas, if you yeah. want to put it yeah. uh, very simplistically. Yeah. Um, but Advent then is a time of preparation. It's kind of like a Lent. So you can always, yeah. if you want to get a better understanding of Advent as we know it today, uh, Advent and Lent are comparable. Both are preparing for some major feast, mm-hmm. something about the life of Christ that uh, the church is asking us to prepare our hearts and minds for. Right. Uh, obviously, Lent is preparing for the coming of uh, Christ's death uh, and his resurrection. And then Advent is a preparation for coming of Christ in the flesh. And that's, Although it's a little more nuanced than Right, that. right. Okay, so you said a couple <laughs> of times, um, as it stands today. Sure. So Father Schaefer <laughs> wrote a um, uh, article about the history of Advent for the December Bishop's Bulletin. I have a feeling I that did. that's why. <laughs> it's you December, did. okay. You did, <laughs> for the December yeah, Bishop's Bulletin. Um, so when you say as it stands today, yeah. there, this isn't exactly how it always was throughout the church history, right? Right. Okay. Can you explain that yeah, a little bit? So as we, as we have Advent today, it's four weeks of preparation. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get the uh, famous wreath, right? Oh, right. The, right. The, the Advent wreath with the four candles, three of them being purple, one being a pink or a rose mm-hmm. uh, color to represent the four weeks of Advent prior to the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Christmas season beginning, of course, on Christmas Eve, December 24th. Right. But that's kind of recent okay. in the life of the church. Okay. And by recent, of course, the church is 2,000 years old. <laughs> right. So recent can really span anywhere between the last 10 years and the last 1,000 years, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, <clears throat> so the origins of, of Advent are very complex, and it actually manifests itself in the liturgy. Uh, this complexity is manifested in the way we have the liturgy today, right, even in Advent. Right. So in... Rome, prior to Pope Gregory the Great, so he was Pope in, I believe, the late 6th century. Okay. Anyone following along at home can fact check any of this. (laughs) (laughs) 500s-ish? Yeah. Late 500s, early 600s. Mm -hmm. So prior to Gregory the Great, there were two things that happened in Rome for the church. There was Advent. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was Christmas. Okay. Now, that seems like, well, isn't that what we have today, right. Advent and Christmas? Right. Yes, but Advent at the time, and we get this from the letters and the sermons of Pope St. Leo the Great, who was a 5th century pope, Advent was not a preparation for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Adver- Advent was a preparation for the end times. Right. Because the Roman Christians were seeing, well, our secular calendar ends here at the end of December, mm-hmm. and at, ti- at Leo's time, it was on the 25th of December. Right. Which is kind of a coincidence, right? <laughs> but they weren't preparing for Christmas because Christmas wasn't a big holiday mm-hmm. for Romans very early on, sure. for Roman Christians. So Advent was this preparation of, well, if the new year begins here at the end of December, then in a sense, this is like the end of time. Sure. Yeah. Before we renew. And we can see all sorts of Christian symbolism tied into that, the coming of Christ in his second coming in glory. 
So we always need to have death on the mind and be mm-hmm. ready to receive Christ when he does come. Mm-hmm. So that's what Advent was. Now, Advent itself, you can really go all sorts of directions. Where does its origins come from? It probably comes from outside Rome <clears throat> under the uh, um, a, a devotion at the time called St. Martin's Lent, okay. which there was a uh, big Lenten fast in preparation for the new year mm-hmm. starting on St. Martin of Tours feast day. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's where you get these certain uh, cycle of weeks of fasting oh, preparation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it went from like, I think six or seven down to four. That's okay. what we crammed it down into in Rome. Yeah. So at one moment during this, or at one point, or in one instance, you have people preparing for the end of times. And then December 25th rolls around and it's not only the new year, but now it's Christmas. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I think, um, I don't know if I spelled that out in the article, but um, about three, four hundreds, maybe around that time, maybe a little later, maybe a little earlier, give or take. That's when Christmas started becoming more of a devotion Mm -hmm. in the Roman church itself for the Roman Christians. Um, So Advent ends, Christmas begins. Great. So there were people, there's influences, all sorts of political ordeals that eventually helped evolve this season of Advent and the Christmas season to merge into kind of one big system. Right. And that was, in a sense, flawlessly, <laughs> flawlessly, flawlessly in uh, quotes. <laughs> developed by Pope St. Gregory the Great, who is uh, by far one of the uh, most famous uh, liturgical theologians of the church's history. Right. And he said, well, Advent is both, it can be both, if I must say, can be both, a preparation for Christmas and the second coming of Christ. Yeah. He says, because whether or not we're preparing for Christ coming in his second glory mm-hmm. or preparing for him to come as a little baby at Christmas, we should be prepared regardless. In the right? same way. In the same manner, the same mode, fasting, mm-hmm. prayers, good works, mm-hmm. being disposed to receive Christ's grace, that is by the removal of sin mm-hmm. and penance. Mm-hmm. Right? So he said, as during Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, you're at the same time preparing for the second coming of Christ. Because he might come truly in his glory. He might come knocking on our door at our own individual death any moment. Mm -hmm. So we always got to be prepared. Yeah. So you can see Advent, you can say Advent's more of the the season, the liturgical season of uh, preparation. Mm -hmm. More so than Lent because Lent's a type of preparation, yes, but Advent's definitely like the reminder to always be ready to meet Christ however he chooses to come. Right. And so one of the big ideas that I think are prevalent during Advent is hope. Yes. And because of those two things, you have both the second coming and the coming of Jesus then. But it's interesting too, that I'm just, as you're talking about this, we remember, you know, that we're going to die at some point. You also have November where you're thinking memento mori, Mm -hmm. remember your death. Mm -hmm. So all Mm -hmm. these things kind of culminate uh, for a couple of months, really. Um, Thinking of your death. Now we're thinking Christ's coming. You have Mm -hmm. the hope. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't think that's, it is some of it, some of it's, some of it's by accident, some of it's by coincidence, but of course God transcends both accidents and coincidences. Right. So in a sense, it's an organic whole. It's like yeah. the trees come into fruition. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, so one thing, if people uh, can, if they want to know a little bit more, what mm-hmm. they can pay attention to, I think during Advent is uh, even today, mm-hmm. we still have readings and prayers for the first two weeks, two and a half weeks of Advent that are much more focused on the second coming of Christ. Right. Right. They're all what say we'd say eschatologically focused. Mm -hmm. They're focused on the end of, end of time. Mm -hmm. 
But then halfway through Lent, things shift yeah. or Advent, sorry, things shift. And now we begin to focus on the coming of Christ in the flesh yeah. when he was born in Bethlehem. Yeah. Does Christmas. that start on, on Gaudete Sunday? Gaudete. Yeah. Um, so I think in the current the current liturgical calendar, uh, the way the lectionary is set up, I believe it does start yeah. on Gaudete Sunday, yeah. but it traditionally would start with what are called the the great O antiphons. Oh, yeah. So December yeah. 16th through the 23rd was the begin, the yeah. big preparation for Christmas yeah. in the Roman tradition. Yeah. The O antiphons are also in the December Bishop's Bulletin. So oh, nice. all kinds of Advent wow. stuff in there this year. So it's really great. Okay, um, so what are some things that we should do as we're preparing through Advent? Since it is a season of preparation, what do we do? Well, hopefully what you've been doing the whole year. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a special focus right now uh, because we can really get lost in a lot of the busyness of the season. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, do you have some suggestions for what we should do or what we shouldn't do? Maybe either one. Um, well, maybe to start with the most general statement, uh, what you should do is do good. What you shouldn't do is sin. (laughs) So easy to do, Father. (laughs) Do our best. That's that's very true. It's very true. Right. So, of course, if there's one thing that separates us from the love of Christ, uh, it's sin Mm -hmm. because it's the one thing that cuts us off. Now, of course, he can't stop loving us. It's more we cut ourselves off from him. Right? right. What I would say, the first thing we can do as we enter the liturgical season of Advent is examine our consciences. First of all, mm-hmm. take time and say, when's the last time I've been to confession? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if we have what we would call mortal sin on the soul, right? Then you're not in communion with God. Right. And so confession allows us to convert back, to turn back and reunite ourselves mm-hmm. to the body of Christ um, but even if we have no knowledge of mortal sin on our soul, it's still good to go and yeah. you could say clean up, right? We want want grace to flow through freely, not only in our receptivity of it, but then in our own actions as we mm-hmm. grow and develop as human beings. God's grace works through those actions, right? right. So the more uh, we're able to be disposed to receive and allow His grace to manifest itself through us, the more um, well God's presence is made known in the world. The more human flourishment happens. Mm-hmm. So go to confession. Go to mass, stay faithful to like the basics of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other, you know, devotional matters. So uh, Lent is, if we want to compare Advent and Lent again, Lent is much more of, uh, has a heavier emphasis on fasting event mm-hmm. in human history and mm-hmm. at the same time, the most glorious event. Mm-hmm. Advent, like Lent, is a time of preparation. And so there should be some sort of undertaking of of penance, sure. right, to atone for our sins, or even if you, if you will, penance can also be a cleaning out, right, a, okay, a, a yeah. making more, uh, you know, rubbing off the dirt that's 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 stained the window so you yeah. can see outside more clearly, yeah. right? rubbing off the stain of sin on your soul. So Advent, you don't have to have as intensive a focus on fasting as you would during Lent, but it, it's a good practice to maybe, you know, cut back on music, Right? Or okay. maybe even uh, there's some simple penance just as a way of reminding yourself, you know, Christ is coming mm-hmm. at some point, mm-hmm. either at Christmas in the flesh, in his second coming, in my own death, right? To have this spirit of penance, of 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 alertness for whenever Christ may mm-hmm. come. So you can take on little fasts, you can take on devotions, maybe sp- stop by the church and pray yeah. a couple extra minutes, um, do works of charity, uh, but also just 
continue to live that wholesome human life in the state of grace, right? To right. to love your family. Because it can be very easy for us to love friends and uh, people across the world because we don't have to live with them, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and Advent- You always say it like it is. <laughs> well, and Advent being so like, it's, 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 if it's a preparation for Christmas and the way we take Christmas these days is a big family gathering, mm-hmm. I mean, dear goodness, what a better way to prepare than to actually learn how to love your family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, because that's where God's justice begins is in those that we have immediate control and contact uh, with. Um, so, yeah, just living life, working on one's own defects according to God's grace, attending the sacraments, that would be the way I think you should mm-hmm. do Lent. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Or Advent. 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 This is t- it's tough to talk about Gosh. both. Gosh, well, because I've got it in my mind. I've got too. like yeah. a like a in you know a <laughs> diagram. It's like Atlantic. I have it. What's the same? What's different? You know, it's bouncing back and forth. So no, I like those suggestions because a lot of times we talk about you know doing things, and these are doing things, but it seems more about um, just doing little things to remind yourself that this season is different from the season you just left. Right. Like we're doing something a little different here. Mm-hmm. Are you a I'm going to go off a little bit. Are you a proponent of not putting the Christmas tree up till Christmas Day? Yes. Are you? Okay. Yeah. So because Advent this, is not Christmas. This, I know this is this is a hard thing even for Catholics because you're so influenced by society. Sure. And of course, heck, in the stores, Christmas is starting in like September. You know. Um. So, Christmas really doesn't start till December 24th in the evening. Technically. And it goes until Epiphany. Um, Ish? as the external celebration of Christmas goes till Epiphany. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The official celebration of Christmas goes till February 2nd. That's right. Baptism of the Lord, right? Or right before. Presentation. Presentation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. It was even further than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so we have actually at our house, we've, I, we still put up our Christmas decorations right after Thanksgiving because if I don't do that, it'll never get up. They won't even go up at all. But we don't put out the nativity for instance, until closer to Christmas and then the baby Jesus like mm-hmm. Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we do leave everything up for like, yeah. I don't know, what's that? Four weeks or something That's as long fine. as yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So I think just to remind ourselves that as Catholics, we are different. Yeah. We should stand out. So keep those lights out up outside, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It would be, it would be definitely, and you know, the church's call since the second Vatican council, but even I would say in our own, uh, diocese over the last couple of years is called to live a liturgical mm-hmm. lifestyle, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean be weird, but it means, <laughs> you know, it means, right. uh, well, currently are the seasons of the season of our soul, the liturgical calendar says that Christ has not come yet until the 25th. So maybe when I put out my nativity, don't put out baby Jesus yet, mm-hmm. right? That's a way to live a liturgical lifestyle yep. is have these just as the liturgy's physical signs and symbols to inform and teach us about the faith, so also the various physical things that we can do to honor the various liturgical seasons. Let's do it in a way that represents that season, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure, so. for sure. Okay, um, I have other questions I could sure. ask you, but yeah. we have like a minute and a half. I think I just killed all that with the Advent explanation. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But I just, I know that, I know you well enough. I don't know you that well, but I know you well enough to know that in fact, one of these questions, he emailed me back and he's like, we could talk for like three days about that particular question. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask it. So we have one minute left. Awesome. Father, is there something in the minute or two that we have left that you really want people to know or think about for Advent that we haven't already said or just reiterate 
Um, maybe especially in today's kind of difficult world sometimes where we don't have a lot of control over things. I'm going to put him on the spot. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, I think it's a saying used even like some pop psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it, it, it bodes well with our understanding of, of the life of virtue of what it means to be, uh, I guess you could say, uh, a upstanding human mm-hmm. in relation to God. And the, the the phrase goes something like, you know, control what you can't control and let go of everything else, mm-hmm. right? So in popular devotion, it's called surrender, right? Yeah. But sometimes I think we surrender the wrong things and don't control the right things, right? right? Um, <clears throat> so during Advent, I think it's a, it's a good reminder of us that there's a, a number of things outside of our control. Yes. Other human beings. Mm-hmm. God, our own death, right? Even our own mm-hmm. moral sanctification is kind of outside of our control mm-hmm. because it depends on God's grace. Right. Um, the weather, the past, the future, yeah. those are outside of our control. So let go of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, even things that are going on in uh, other countries, be it the Vatican, be it even mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. with politics, if that that's what you really like to be involved with, right? If you... If you those are kind of outside of our control. Yeah. Right. But what can we control? We can control what time we go to bed, what time we wake up, you know, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with, our screen time, etc. Um, when we control those things in our environment, the things that are closest to us, that's where God is. God okay. has given us the power to control those things. Mm-hmm. Right. That's putting our life in order. That in a sense is preparing for the coming of Christ. Okay. Right? He's given Adam and Eve charge over the garden. Mm-hmm. Your house is your garden. Okay. You know, bring it order. Yeah. Otherwise, surrender everything else. Your own death, yeah. the future, other people, God. Let it be. Let God take care of those things. Let God be God. Control what you can control and just live. That That is actually, I've never heard. It's fantastic. I've never heard that before. You just made it feel just so much easier right there. And it's probably easier than we make it out to be. Well, it's, it's holiness is easier. It's easier. And I tell the elementary school kids at Holy Spirit, it's not hard to know how to love God. Actually, it's not hard to know how to live the life of virtue, mm-hmm. but it's hard to do it. Yes. <laughs> that is very but, but true. The hard, so far, I think, yeah, that's why I like to say that because I think it's sometimes we can think surrender or virtue is some very like obscure off in the distance kind of thing I have right. to, to achieve. Yeah. But actually it's much more right there in your own household, right there in your bedroom, right there in your own soul. Yeah. Prepare those things, control those things because Christ, you can receive Christ into your own home, into yep. your heart, however he chooses to come. Yeah. It's a great way to go into Advent. Thank you very much for coming in and talking to us about this topic. You're doing, as I said, you're doing a great job at Holy Spirit. So we always look forward to listening to your homilies. <laughs> <Okay>. and <laughs> So thanks, thanks a lot and have a good Advent. Thank you, Renee. You too. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, For all our viewers and listeners, um, as you are out and about uh, running errands, uh, buying Christmas presents, um, if you are approached to sign a petition uh, regarding the abortion amendment in South Dakota, please decline to sign that amendment, that petition. Um, Even if they make it sound like it's pro-life or pro-family, it is not. So decline to sign that. Uh, It's important that we don't let our state become anything like uh, what's happened in Ohio or Michigan. So... Uh, Again, uh, protect unborn life and decline the sign. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.